We are back. A very special episode this week as it's our 20th episode. This week we have another amazing guest, the SVP of Global Sales at Psycode, Colin Corstapine. His meteoric rise from the customer success manager to an SVP of Global Sales in just over seven years, spending nearly six years at CrowdStrike and other vendors like Sumo Logic. Colin, it's great to have you on. Thanks for having me. Appreciate being here, Elliot. <laughs> no problem, no problem at all. So I guess for the viewers and everybody listening, it'd be great to give an introduction to yourself. Sure. I've uh, been raised here in California my entire life, living now in Santa Cruz, California. Uh, happily married for 15 years with a 13-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old son. Uh, when I'm not here, working at Psycho and hopefully out in the uh, trail running in the state parks that we have here in the beautiful Santa Cruz Mountains. No, that's, uh, that's fantastic. And um, I guess in terms of Psycho, then, of course, uh, you and I have talked a lot about Psycho, but it'd be great to hear a little more about those guys. Yeah, sure. We're an application security platform, and we cover many of the common use cases within AppSec, uh, secrets detection, software composition analysis. Uh, and currently, we're building into an ASOC platform, looking to solve the, the modern challenges that Dev, DevSecOps is facing. Uh, the software development lifecycle is becoming exponentially more complex and the tooling just isn't keeping up. Uh, you know, modern modern development teams need a platform like Psycode to uh, effectively manage the risk that they face today. Yeah, no, for sure. And I was um, doing a lot of digging into Psycode and Gartner listed that software supply chain attacks are the second biggest threat of 2022. And 82% of CIOs think that they're vulnerable to these attacks as well. So no, it's a very, very important market and market. And over the past few years, it's gone pretty crazy for sure. So I guess just diving into um, a little bit about yourself, which I'm very interested to talk to about today, because the transition from a business like CrowdStrike and into Psycode, the established to the startup, explain that to Sure. Um, you know, when I made the transition, CrowdStrike was a very established uh, business. But when I started, uh, CrowdStrike was certainly still in the growth phase. Uh, you think about the old players in endpoint security. You had Symantec and McAfee, uh, and they had dominated the market for many years. And the, the fact is they got complacent. And so CrowdStrike was an up-and-comer, uh, punching up against Symantec and McAfee, along with Silence and Carbon Black. Um, and there's a similar changing of the guard here in application security where older players, I won't say any names, um, you know, what they did was what was in application security uh, years ago, uh, but they're not evolving. You, know, you mentioned the statistics around software supply chain attacks, right? That is real. And the, the legacy tools aren't fit to meet those threats. Uh, and so you think about the established player site, CrowdStrike. I was able to see CrowdStrike go from, you know, the building, the, the, the market definition, the growth to be an established player. Uh, and in some respects, looking to help Psycode accomplish the same thing here. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, it's always pretty interesting, that topic, because obviously the the expansion from where CrowdStrike was and now starting again with uh, with Psycode as well from the journey that they've already been on. Um, a question that I always like to ask being a recruiter, the difference in hiring, how do you go from a, a crowd strike and a difference in hiring there to the different persona you would hire within um, Psycode. Right. You know, this is true of any startup, but here at Psycode, it's true as well, uh, is that you're still helping to get the word out in the market. As, as a rep, you have more responsibility for uh, generating awareness, driving interest, uh, educating, right? That all falls into part of your job description. When you're at CrowdStrike today, 
you know, if somebody thinks I need endpoint security, what are they going to do? They're going to call CrowdStrike, they're going to call Sentinel One, and they're going to figure out which one fits best for them. Uh, and and that you can take a a good rep and make them great within a great system. And with any startup like Psycode and our you know the place we're on our journey, uh, we're still developing that, right? We're still getting the marketing, getting the brand builds, uh, and so you just have more responsibility to to work with that uh, prospect all along their journey from the very top of the funnel uh, all the way till closing that deal. Uh, and so it's a different type of person, you know, back to, you know, in the, in the recruiting sense, uh, someone that still has their prospecting skills, someone that still um, can be creative and, and break through the noise today uh, to get our message heard. It's not an easy task. Um, the rewards can be great, uh, but the work definitely has to be put in. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And it's, um, it's definitely an interest in searching for them types of candidates as well. You have to, we, me and uh, Michael Cortez down at Wild Ventures dove deep into this about the perception, uh, the kind of motivation, the person you need really to, to build a startup as well, even down at the, the rep center as well. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of our topics today is hiring for future growth. And of course, we're, we can talk about the productivity of reps and everything along those lines, but how do you hire for future growth within Psycode? You know, I think about where we are today, uh, what we need today, and, and what we need in the future. And it's kind of self-evident. Um, but I'm, I'm looking for reps for where we're at that uh, have the fundamentals um, and just need to have more of the big at bat, right? We have great mentorship here. We have great leaders. Um, and if, so if you come in with the work ethic, uh, the basics in how to, how to run a deal, how to control a conversation, how to do discovery, um, will help you become that enterprise rep that you want to be. Um, and so we're looking in some ways at potential, right? In a few years, uh, when you know everybody knows who Psycode is, when you think AppSec, I've got to talk to Psycode. Well, at that point, uh, you know we'll have a different profile, right? We'll have raised up the uh, the folks that came in early and developed, and then bring in more veterans that uh, you know will come in and just crush large deals over and over and over, um, leveraging their relationships and their experience. Uh, but it's definitely definitely a different game now, um, you know. And it kind of harkens back to what I mentioned earlier for to hire for this future growth, um, we've got to generate a lot of pipeline. Uh, we have to get the word out there and recognize that, you know, some of these, some of the prospecting activities we're doing, some of the evangelism isn't going to pay off for a year, maybe two years. Um, and so bringing on folks that are going to be useful in, uh, like I said, evangelism in that process. So then a couple of years when all the marketing, all this comes together, that those prospects will be warm and, uh, and ready to close. Yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely exciting though. I mean, with with if you find the right person who can come in and build a business with you, that they're going to be there for the next three or four years, and everything that you're doing right now is going to come to fruition in that time as well. So it's about again finding the right people and and hiring the right teams. So I guess in terms of you mentioned earlier there about kind of the attributes you'd need to look for, what are they in that person? Uh, you know, I'm looking for what is their what is their driver? Why are they doing this? Why are they working? And uh, you know, is it, are they competitive, right? That to me is a great one. They played sports and they love to win. Um, they like being on a team, right? Do they play a, a team sport in which they all work together? Uh, you know, sales is an individual support, support. Um, but I get this term uh, that we use at CrowdStrike a lot, collaborative competition, right? You know, I want to be number one. I want to beat Elliot, but I'm not going to sabotage Elliot to get there, right? I hope he does awesome as well. I just hope I do a dollar better, but I'm going to help him achieve his max. 
So hiring people with that kind of mentality, those kind of character traits uh, is, is vital. Um, what else are we looking for? Uh, creativity, right? When I think about prospecting today, uh, it's very different than it was just five, three years ago even. It used to be that you know email addresses were a commodity. People would exchange spreadsheets of them and, oh, wow, okay, give me your list. You know, now with the enrichment tools out there, everybody has access to the exact same information. So just sending your emails out there, getting on your dialer and doing 100 calls a day is not, uh, not going to set you apart. So if you can unlock a creative way to get in front of the right people, break through that noise, um, that is just a, a killer attribute um, that will we'll definitely prize and definitely uh, definitely value considerably. Um, beyond that, I, I, maybe the third one I would state is curiousness, right? Uh, you've got to be interested in, you know, what, is, what problems does the software solve? I'm not that technical any longer, but I do geek out on, you know, how technology is evolving. What are the threats out there? And how do we, you know, how do we address those? That can be super interesting. Um, I'm looking for candidates that come to me and they watched a video, they read something and they're like, explain that to me, help me understand this. I don't totally get it, but I want to know um, because that will tie in directly to what kind of discovery do they do? Uh, do they ask you know, surface level questions and then move on? Or do they really you know, peel the layers off the onion and get to the true pain uh, that's gonna unlock budget for, uh, you know, for the solution that we're, uh, we're selling today? Those that can do that, do it, we're super successful. Those that can't get deeper and, you know, they're always going to be wondering why, why they're not getting engagement, why their POCs aren't going anywhere. So uh, does that help you at all? Yeah, no, it does. I think it's awesome. Okay. I think the, the three key okay. points there, especially the curiosity part. And I spoke to a lot of leaders over, over my time and it's finding that curiosity to dive into the details with, with candidates and clients. Because if somebody's coming to you and they're not asking the right questions, they're not going to ask the economic buyer the right questions as well. So it's definitely that part of it that they're going through, which is which is fantastic. And I guess in terms of it leads on to the next space pretty well is how do you build a team to foster alignment around the go-to-market strategy? You know, when I when I think about our, our go-to-market strategy, um, I'm thinking that every department has to be on message. They have to know what our value prop is. They have to know what problems we solve. We have to, they have to know the competition. You mentioned differentiators. That's a huge one for me. Uh, they have to understand who is our ICP, or, you know, why and why do those people care about us? Um, and that goes for all, all of the groups in our go-to-market strategy. It includes the channel, right? The channel has to focus on the VARs that are, you know, representing the companies that we want to talk to. Just for an example, uh, the sales engineers, they have to know the competition just as well as anybody else. Uh, so that when the prospect raises some question or objection, they go, ah, I know where that came from. That was a landmine from this competitor. Um, our customer success team. Right, they have to truly understand the value prop and be focused on, you know, what problems we're solving for the customer. Not just making sure they can log in, use it, configured, but always have this sense for what is the value we're delivering, what are the problems we're solving. Uh, you know, all that together, everybody has to be, like I said, on that same message. Um, and you know, when it comes back to the customer success folks, right? This, if everybody's executing on this strategy, uh, this will mean that we are creating this virtual cycle of referenceable, happy customers from top to bottom. Yeah. You mentioned um, 
earlier on in in that part there about identifying your ICP. Um, as a as a as a company like Cycle, obviously going on a journey, generating revenue, gone through their Series B, that product market fit is starting to come there. And um, how do you actually really identify your ICP? You know, it, it's consistently uh, refined. We want to look at, okay, closed deals. What, what trends and patterns do we see in company size, in roles, in industries? Um, but we don't want to get locked into that because we don't want to make a decision based upon incomplete data. So we'll continue to you know, prospect with a, a net that's a bit wider and then reassess every quarter and see, you know, not just the deals closed, but of the meetings and the calls that we had last quarter, where do we see conversion, right, from each stage, from qualifying to qualified, from qualified to looking to POCs? Um, so we have to continually refine that, um, you know, and we have to be aware of kind of a self-selecting bias. If we see uh, success in one area and we double down there, well, of course, we're going to see more success in that area. But does that really mean that that is, is where, you know, our, our maximum uh, capacity for success is? Not necessarily. We need to continue to look and see, you know, where, what industries, what spaces are having the problems we're solving. So it's never, it's a never ending process of, of refining that. Yeah, no, for sure. So in terms of the ICP with the reps that you bring on board, um, how do you make sure that they're targeting the right companies and not just kind of going out there and, for example, if you had the whole San Francisco and, and California market, they're not just going after everybody and everything? You know, so we took a pretty dramatic step this year and we went to named accounts. Uh, you know, earlier you're asking about alignment around our go-to-market strategy, right? Uh, we've identified a segment that we believe uh, is the right place to focus on now for this year. And the SDRs and the RSMs are aligned on those of your accounts for outbound. If something comes inbound, we'll work it, uh, we'll qualify it, see if it makes sense to continue the conversation. But for outbound, it has to be narrowly focused on the ICP for this year. Uh, and if you create something outside of that, then there's there's no credit given, right? That's that's I mean, it's a very simple mechanism for enforcing, uh, you know, commitment to that ICP. Uh, on the inbound, we'll qualify it as well. It needs to be Maybe the net's a little bit wider if they came in and the effort was low to, to talk to them. Um, but again, we're uh, in incentives. I guess that's the that's the short answer is incentives will drive uh, alignment with the ICP. Yeah. And that goes back to creating that strategy again. You mentioned earlier around the channel and customer success and all these different functions. How do you make sure everybody is on the same track when pushing forward? You know, I think what's central to aligning everybody uh, around a common strategy here is on the value realization, right? Ensuring that we're always thinking about the problem we're solving. And if we recognize that as kind of our North Star, then everything will feed from that. Uh, earlier, you know, I talked about the channel and, uh, you know, what they're doing, right? If they're focused on the problems we're solving, they're going to be focused on partners that, you know, are addressing those problems for their customers. They're going to focus on educating VARs on, you know, what it is we solve. Uh, like I mentioned with customer success, if they are focused on, you know, the, the application of solving the problems for the specific customer, uh, they're going to be in a good place. Uh, you know, and again, only focusing on customers that have that uh, within our ICP. Like part of that definition of the ICP is companies that have the problem that we can solve. So no, that's uh, that's fantastic, and I I always like the the talks around the channel because I've done a lot of work there myself, and 
having that strategy, having that program and that being built up from scratch in a company like Psycho is so interesting to to really roll out and, and kind of keep within the ICP as well as uh, everything as well. So no, it sounds, um, sounds very awesome to be fair. And in terms of- Yeah, I mean, if I could just share, I mean, on that channel strategy, right? Um, it's a it's necessary today. You know, earlier I mentioned how tough it is to get in front of uh, in front of prospects these days, right? Simply spray and pray isn't going to get you there. And what I love about the channel is if you align with the right VARs um, that really truly serve as the trusted advisors for their customers, that will get you in the right places. If if we know what we do well, we know how to communicate it to the VARs, educate them then they can be our advocates. And when they hear the certain, you know, triggers from their pro- customers, then they can bring us in. And it's uh, it's the classic force multiplier. And, you know, I think about my role, Elliot. Uh, I can't tell you how many messages I get today from every day, all day, uh, you know, lead enrichment, outsourced BDRs, uh, help with our pitch decks, everything imaginable. And I simply don't have time to process through it all. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's some companies... What's that? Sorry. And recruitment. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, I'll have to go back and figure out how you broke through the noise. Um, but truth is, there's probably a lot of uh, players in there that offer, offer value. Um, I don't have the capacity to go through them all. So I'm going to rely on a couple things, you know, my internal network um, and, you know, just referrals. Like if I have a problem, I'm going to go find people to talk to. Other people are going to bring me and say, hey, do you check this out? Uh, we recently procured software, uh, word of mouth. Uh, one of my good friends, she's a CRO based here in Santa Cruz. And she said, check out these folks. Uh, incredible tool that's really helped us. I trust her immensely. And, uh, you know, we inked something in less than a week. Uh, you know, and so the, the channel is one of those means for, hey, if we truly offer value, they're going to help us uh, get that message into the right folks. And so we've we've invested heavily in it for sure. Yeah, and it's something with the the channel. It's not something that pays back straight away. Um, it's no. something that over time you're going to be building relationships. And why would they choose Psycode as well? That's the that's the key to it as well about really driving through and getting that mission statement across. Um, to use the Psycode brand. So no, that's a absolutely that's fantastic stuff. And I think one of the the situations I love to talk about with sales leaders like yourself, Colin, is really building the commitment and engagement to the sales process. I think in terms of, if you look at Medic, Spin, um, whatever whatever ones you're using, um, creating that structure straight away from a start, startup is literally critical if you want to go from 10 million to, to 100 million, especially. So tell me more about that. Sure. I think there's a, there's a few elements that I, I like to talk about in this realm. Um, one is, the, I think the biggest mistake when you're trying to build that commitment engagement to a sales process is coming in and saying, hey, this is how we did it X. And the first thing they're going to think is, oh, okay, uh, they're not actually thinking about the problems we and challenges we have here. They're just going to try and peanut butter spread what they did last time over all of us, whether or not it applies. Um, so avoiding that. But thinking about what are the what are the lessons? What can we apply? Uh, what principles? Uh, and that's that's where it starts. I think there has to be a large investment in t- of time in earning trust um, in your process that you're bringing to them. Uh, the the way I think about it is um, making sure to explain everything. Taking that time. Hey, I'm asking you to do this because of this. And it seems a little bit elementary. Uh, I think, but too often sales leaders, in the interest of time, just like, hey, this is what we're doing. Go. Um, but you're looking for commitment rather than compliance. And commitment comes from a deep-seated understanding that, ah, how is this going to help me? I can see it. I want to succeed. 
And so now I'm going to commit to commit to it. Compliance is where you get, you know, kind of half our Salesforce hygiene, right? No one wants to do it because they don't see how it benefits them. So I typically try and categorize things in like, hey, this is for me. I'm making a request. I know you don't feel it's going to benefit you, but I'm asking you kindly help me out here, please, because I need this for, you know, my forecasting purposes, uh, my reporting, whatever it is, I need you to do this. Uh, two might be kind of a hybrid. Hey, this is going to help me and it'll help you. And then the third is like, hey, I'm not telling you you have to do this, uh, follow this process, but I think you want to because you want to be successful. And if it's not this process, what are you going to do? Uh, so kind of breaking things down into the have-to-haves, the nice-to-haves, and the uh, the, <laughs> the must-haves, the really would like them, and then it's your choice uh, when we're talking about you know our process, our methodology. You know, here we use Medic, um, and I'm always clear, like, hey, this isn't perfect, but at least it gives us a common language for conversation so we understand our deals. And why does that matter? Because I want to help you. I want you to be successful. So as long as we're aligned on this, then at least we're uh, we're able to communicate well and support you in your deals. Yeah, and I think I think that's pretty interesting because I read uh, John McMahon's Qualified Sales Leader probably yes. about he talks about speaking the same language. No matter what you're using, everybody needs to speak the same language. So I really, I really like how you explain that into into the situation with Psycode. And yes, we're using a tool, and but there is other avenues as well to go down it as well. So no, that's um that's awesome stuff. Really is awesome. And I guess in terms of the structure of how you're building Psycode and the excitement over the next few years, where do you think you'll go? So I'm not sure if I'm supposed to share this, Elliot, but um, you know, when I think about how companies behave, companies always behave in ways that kind of tip their hand on, you know, what their plans for the future are. Uh, so again, maybe I'm supposed to share this, but what I see is a lot of, um, you know, when I need a sales tool, hey, go get the multi-year deal, go get the discount for that. So what that tells me is that we're continuing to invest in and in building a long-term sustainable company. Um, our move from point solution use cases into an ASOC platform, um, I'm very, very bullish. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done, a lot of execution we need to take care of, um, but I have great confidence that we have the, the technical leadership, we have the marketing in place, and we got the sales staff uh, to take Sidecode to, to heights. Could it be another CrowdStrike? I can't quite say that, uh, but in this space, like, like I said, I'm pretty bullish and optimistic that, uh, that there's a huge market here. Again, harkening back to the, the what you mentioned earlier in the stats about software supply chain attacks. If we can get our message out there, prove that we successfully address those, um, I think there's a pretty high ceiling for what Psycho is capable of. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think the uh, if you look at the market itself and the application security market, it's only going to get bigger over the next few years with everything that's going on as well. So I think it's going to be a very interesting time for Psycode as, as you as you move forward. Just a question on Psycode. What would you say to somebody who's wanting to join you? I'd say uh, master the fundamentals, uh, you know, master your prospecting, master your discovery, master your, you know, deal control, uh, get all that in place and show it. Um, you know, think about when you're going to come talk to us, you know, think about the deals that you ran successfully and how you contributed to them and how it's going to translate into your next role. Uh, think about the deals where you didn't do so well and what did you learn from them? Uh, I'd love to, I'm going to ask you about your failures, you know, when you, when you zigged, when you should have zagged and, and how that's impacted you in the future, because I don't believe any sales rep has a hundred percent success rate. Uh, what I'm more concerned with is how you've taken those losses and translated those into, strengths going forward. 
No, I love that. I love that completely. And I think um, if you can articulate your losses in a way where you've kind of come out the other side and uh, redefined everything and, and got out a different process way to be more successful, then I think that's only going to be a good start as well. So no, really, really appreciate that. So I'm going to leave us with one question today, Colin. Um, I think there's a lot of people who listen to this. So I get a lot of questions around um, when the people I'm speaking to, senior leaders, how can they get to that stage? So what advice would you give to somebody who's going to be aspiring to be a CRO one day? Man, I've got a, a lot, uh, a lot of things I've been thinking about here. Um, I'm going to narrow it down to kind of one one concept, and it's 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 limited, but there's a lot of things we could add to it. Um, but I think diversify your experience, right? I think one of the reasons why I was a good fit for Psycho is because of a background. You mentioned it in your intro, right? I've been in customer success. I've been in enterprise sales engineering. I've been in professional services um, and kind of seeing all of those different pieces and how they they play a role in a go-to-market strategy, I think has been vital. Um, I think about enterprise, mid-market, uh, having experience in both because they're two very different uh, motions. And right now with Psycode, we're focused more on enterprise. Uh, and eventually, I'd like to get us to where we have a successful mid-market motion. Those things are going to look fundamentally different, um, but I'm confident that I'm well-equipped to lead us in both. Um, so diversify your experience. Try different things that are all around the customer. And uh, I think long-term you'll be in good shape. Oh, I love it. I love it completely. That's the, I think the third person who said something similar to that. So it's definitely, definitely something to, uh, to look at for sure. And even as I move back from my career, I'm, I'm thinking of stuff like that as well, Colin. So no, that's a, uh, that's fantastic stuff. And look, it's been amazing having you on the podcast today. We've gone for a lot of really, really strong topics and yeah. And maybe we'll check back in another year or so time and do another one. Sounds good. I appreciate the time, Elliot. And I'll uh, see you at RC in a few weeks. See you soon. Thank you. Bye.